0: Welcome to the Detoxicity Podcast, a show that tries to reframe the conversation around masculinity, NBD. My name is Mike Joseph. We are now officially in year two of Detoxicity, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be trying out some different ideas. Stay tuned. Of course, I welcome your feedback. Please take the time to subscribe, rate, and leave comments on the show. Also... Follow me on social media, I am DetoxPodGuy on Instagram and TizMikeJoseph on Twitter. You can even email me at DetoxPod at gmail.com. I'm always on the hunt for new ideas, so if you have suggestions, you know someone who'd be interested in being on the show, or you yourself would like to be a guest, please reach out. And as I record this, we are still deep into the COVID-19 pandemic, although people are now starting to get vaccinated and we are moving towards the new normal. Please make sure you're being safe and looking out for one another, pandemic or no pandemic. To say that racism is a pox on the United States of America is to understate the case greatly. While some people have only gotten hip to the injustices faced by all people of color, but especially black people, as social media has gained traction in the last decade, every racial minority knows what it's like to encounter racism. For us, the indignities of being othered are as normal as brushing your teeth, whether you're trying to get a bank loan approval, trying to shop, or you're just walking down the street, it's ever-present, especially for those of us who find ourselves on the receiving end of five centuries of structural racism. Part of the reason I started this podcast was to give other people of color a place to discuss race in relation to patriarchy and masculinity, and if you listen to the episodes with Kevin Patterson, Tash Neal, and Neil Taft, to name three of my favorites, you'll hear in detail how their blackness has formed their life experience. This episode features a loose conversation about race. By loose, I mean two things. One, the conversation is super casual. The three of us involved all know each other, we're all friends, and the ease of the conversation comes from the fact that we're all very familiar with one another. It's also loose because the topic, while the through line is racism, it's not the only thing that we talk about. If you're a regular listener to to Detoxicity, I'm sorry, if you are a regular listener to Detoxicity, You'll recognize the gentleman joining me in this conversation. Sammy Pisano and Christopher Cruz are previous guests. They appear in episodes 15 and 14, respectively. We talk about everything from the 2016 and 2020 elections, to the difficulty of educating our white friends, to the diversity that exists within the black and Latin communities. There's a lot of strain. There's a lot of frustration. There's also a lot of laughter and a lot of love. So check this conversation out. Hope you enjoy it.
1: I hate group projects. That's the problem.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We've been responsible. This bothers me a lot because it's easy to say because we're all inundated with news feeds of how bipolar or how polarized America is. That's where we're at now. We have like two Americas. And I think we've always actually had... We've actually always, always had two Americas. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. I think now it's like, we, we like, no, that's how fuck that. I'll say that we have three Americas, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the America before, which was basically like rich, poor, right. Which, which could also be divided by race too. Right. Yeah. And now you have like these people who believe in like full-blown science fiction, like these theories, these It's like, a
0: comic. It's like a comic book.
2: What is this? <laughs> like, like, you know, I had this guy that I knew online and he legitimately thought that JFK Jr. Was going to be coming back to life and was going to run as vice president with Donald Trump. And it's just like, <laughs> you, 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 you really, wait, hold on. You really believe this. And he, and he was just like, Chris, listen, do your research. But all the facts are there, man. I'm like, what fucking facts, bro? Like, <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? Like JFK Jr. Like, get out of here. People are nuts. And JFK Jr. is a Republican? Not
0: only does he come back after 20 years, but he comes back at a in a different uh, political party than his entire family. Now, you know. Uh, do, your, do your research, Mike. Do your research. Is he going to, like, fly in on a private plane with Tupac? Like, is going to be Secretary of State? Yeah. <laughs> Shit is Shit. bananas. Dudes will straight up
1: FaceTime you from their iPhone and be like, I can't have a government tracking me. No. Right, right. Like, it's just exactly like, they
2: can't be putting no chip in me. <laughs> and I'm like just drop a pit like they right. see you.
0: They know where you are.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they could track everything that's on here right now. I mean, I know they can. I know firsthand they can. Yeah. you know like, you walk around with your phone, they could track you every step. all that those like location finders like we don't need that based off of like the the how we use the internet, the things that we buy, music we listen to, places we go. Our personas are already there.
0: <laughs> How are they going to put a chip? In, why would they put a chip in your body when you have an Alexa? Thank you. <laughs>
2: Yo,
1: Alexa, Alexa, we out. Alexa, cancel my vaccine <laughs> appointment.
0: It, it doesn't make what any fuck? sense, man. It's a real uh, crazy world we're in, man. Okay. It's, it's insane. I, I, I can't even begin to comprehend.
2: I want to I go back in time. I want to go back to the very beginning. So when, what was this? Back in, like... Uh, when did when the when the it was a year ago today that not not a year ago I I forget when when was George Floyd when was his death it was like Uh, that was later
0: that was in May
2: Breonna Taylor's Taylor's a year ago I think about like so uh, a year ago like two months down the line but a year ago right so like May ish you know BLM was like you know full force right we had this like dope awareness everyone was like fed up like we needed fucking change immediately in, in, in in America. That was a, that was a very interesting time. And I, and, and I never expressed this to you, to you, Mike, and, and I, and I'd like to talk about it right now. So like, you know, I'm sure both of you and myself, you know, we've experienced racism our whole lives. Right. And, and it's just like it either it's subtle or it's blatant. We've always, we've always had it. But during that time period where it became popular to like, Kind of like speak out for black rights or brown rights or minority rights having like people non-people of color you know come at me about like not being woke enough was the craziest shit i've ever witnessed in my entire life when everybody was dropping black squares like as if they gave a shit about anything right it's like you know they i've I've had multiple people be like you know oh like you know like someone will say something and and i commented being like yeah this is outrageous and it's like oh you know you need to do more like you know you you should be doing this and that and this and that like as a person of color you should be offended it's like who the fuck are you to tell me anything you know what i'm saying that that like that whole like moment of like extreme wokeness you know where it's like i've dealt with this literally my whole my whole life like just because you dropped the Instagram square, that's black, doesn't mean that like, now I have to adhere to, to your, you know, your level of like, you know, online beratement or online activity, you know, and like, <clears throat> I found that to be insane. At one point I was like, oh, this is great. You know, like finally where there's progress, you know, in America. And then at the other side, I was just like, you know, what took you all so long, you know, what is it, is it because it just, Is it because you guys decided that, you know, right now it was cool to do that online information was easily accessible. So instead of like having a conversation with people like your friends who are, you know, of color, that you can post this like really cool meme and make you feel good for like a week. It it was polarizing for me internally because like, you know, at at first I was like, this is great. You know, and the other side of me is just like, nah, man, like, like, a little, a little too late, and I'm, I'm glad it happened. But you know, wh- what, what, the, where the fuck do you get off trying to feel ownership of this? You know, okay. and I'd love to hear your guys' take on that. <laughs> I know that this is being <laughs> I just, recorded. I just, hold on. I just heard Sammy put down something. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, I because
1: this is being recorded for quality assurance. I will not name names. However, <laughs> I had way too many woke warriors, white savior complex people, like reaching out to me. Well, so. I guess where I was frustrated is like, one, like, I don't think anybody, I don't have, I think I had the same experience that you had, Chris, with people being like, you're not doing enough, Sammy, because it's kind of like, I'm black. And I feel like they would have been like, oh, they, it, hopefully, but they were, they were like, they could get away with it with me. So they were like, Okay, right. Yeah, let's do it. Like, okay. We're going, but, the thing that hit me the most was people that I have worked with or knew or, even if they weren't like people I was close to that were actively being, you know, doing things that were either white supremacist type behavior in terms of like a systemic way, abusing, bullying people of color, like throughout history, all of a sudden being like, you know, Black Lives Matter. And so to me, like where I was so shaken up is like, what when, when what's your breaking point? Like, cause when Black people are saying, hey, we need this, like, this is how we're being treated. Like so-and-so just said the N word. And then it's like, well, okay, but, you know, was it, were they rapping to a song? Or was it just like, well, was it at you? Okay, so it was at you, but was it about you or towards you? And like all kinds of like excuses, right? So then I, I think that's just where I've been asking all my white friends is like, what, what, like, did it really take a man having his like neck kneeled on for eight minutes and 16 seconds or whatever it was? Like, that's what, when you went, okay, hang on, I think black lives matter. and And that's what really bothered me the most is people um, then reaching out and being like, what can we do? You know, like, that's more what I got was like, well, what what, what should we be doing now? How can I educate myself? And I was like, the fuck out of my inbox. Like, to, like how'd you get this number? Who gave it to you? Like, <laughs> we're not friends. We've never, we do not speak. So I don't know. I just, I had a hard time with like, in general, like to your point, it's like, I, I it's a good thing that pe- that there was awareness. It's a good thing that people are pausing to take a moment and be like, okay, maybe, race relations in America are a little worse than we thought because people have had the privilege for so long to kind of just assume like okay but it's not that bad you know well it's we have some problems and we have a racial history but like we don't have slavery anymore so that's a start like we don't have segregation anymore like in a literal sense so that's a start it took so much for people to wake up and the the sad thing for me and why i'm like a little jaded is that i'm like white people are still in a position of privilege to where when they want to shut it all off and they're like, all right, this is too much for me, they can just do that. Like we, as people of color, like we don't have that opportunity. So I don't know, It's it's, it's been really frustrating having white people, you know, like in one, in one hand, again, like I'm happy that they're trying to get more involved, but like they can do it at their own pace. Like, I want to see change, but it's like, again, it's a group project. <laughs> like how do, we, how do we move this along if not everybody's trying to pull their own weight?
0: Yeah, to <laughs> echo what Sammy said, when things started happening, when, not even when things, because things have always been happening, when everything that happened right at the beginning of the summer started happening and people were really using their voices and advocating, like I felt a little bit of hope, but I'm a skeptic, I'm a cynic, whatever. And there was also a sense of, this is gonna die down, which is natural. How many people are gonna completely forget about this as soon as it's off the front pages? And a lot of people that I know, a lot of people that you gentlemen know, I'm sure, have very obviously forgotten about it or it's not important to them anymore. And that goes back to what Sammy said about being able to turn it on and off. We're people of color in every situation and being a person of color precedes us or precedes our humanity in a lot of occasions. Like before you're Sammy, to a lot of people, you're a black guy. Before I'm Mike, you're a black guy. To Chris, you know, you're, you know, clearly a Latino person and a dark-skinned Latino person, because we're all the same complexion, pretty much.
2: Whereas sorry, I, I get called Mexican all the time, by the way. It, it, especially in California, they don't even know what a Puerto Rican Puerto is. Puerto Rican is no. right.
0: We're, we're all identified as people of color first. And one thing that a lot of white people don't get, and it really, really annoys me so much, is the simple fact that if Becky or Chad walks into a room, if if Becky or Chad walks into a room, they're immediately, oh, what's your Becky, Chad? Okay, cool. But when one of us walks into the room, we're a person of color and people make assumptions based on just the color of our skin. And they think they have a familiarity with us just based on that. Like it's not only the fact that we're walking into a situation immediately prejudged, We're walking into a situation where the people that are prejudging us feel like they're familiarized already without knowing one fucking thing about us.
2: Man, you just, you nailed it. Because like that is the amount of times that I've walked into uh, like a social setting and some like white dude tries to just start speaking like broken Spanish to me or like, you know, try to use like Spanish slang with me because he like listened to like four reggaeton records and <laughs> with me now you know what i'm saying like that has happened more times than i can count and it's just like first of all like get the fuck out of here man just like did, did, where do you get off part of me thinks that like you know they think in their mind they're, they're justified in it right because they're doing a good thing in their eyes they're trying to see eye to eye with with me right by assuming that i like the one thing that they like right so like the the conversations of like Spanish food always come up like oh man you like arroz con pollo and like they'll say like <laughs> the most default fucking Spanish food you like tacos Earth. I love tacos, like tacos burritos everybody like, and it's like you know it, it, and, and another thing that 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 I that I can't stand is like they'll do like a like like ghetto talk
0: you know what I'm saying like it's well like, that's the thing people a lot of white people adopt the black scent when <laughs> and and now. It's interesting, I, I, I saw this morning on, on Facebook, like this straight white dude was, was like, oh, we have to retire all of these terms because they're overused, blah, blah, blah. And all of these terms are African-American vernacular terms, terms that came from either the black community, the gay community, and actually most of them came from the black gay community. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you can't say yas anymore. And I'm like, go to, go to Christopher Street and tell the gay people that they can't say yes anymore. You will get the shit stomped out of you. It's not, you know, it's not your word. It's not your terminology to render a decision on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you, it's, I don't know. I have nothing against white people.
1: (laughs) It's never a good way to start.
0: (laughs) But I remember, I, I was in therapy yesterday and we're having a conversation about racism. My therapist is white. And he was like, so do you think all white people are racist? And I stopped for like a second and I was like, Yes. Actually, yes. Some may not intend to be. Some acknowledge it and are working on it. But I don't think there are any white people who are not at least a little bit racist.
1: But I think that that like, so I think your therapist has more anti-racism work to do, because any anti-racist scholar will tell you, and this is like not my specialty, but they'll tell you that inherently all white people are racist. And that's not saying all white people are bad people right but like racism is like something that's ingrained in especially in america but on a global sense like in any country there's like obviously layers that are a little bit deep for uh, most white people with colorism but it's like fairer skinned people have a different level of privilege in society and so like that's just like literally what our country unfortunately like was built off of so like when when you say like all white people are racist it's like that's not saying all white people are bad people, all white people, like, want black people dead or segregation. But it's like, there's things that like, there's things that you're just ingrained to that are like part of your, I don't want to say DNA, but just like how you're brought up. Because like, a lot of times you see like those social media clips that go viral with like little black kid, and little white kid, and they're like playing together. And they see like, they're like, Oh, look, like, why can't the world be like this? I'm like, because y'all be like teach <laughs> like the things that these <laughs> kids learn yeah. are to hate, like people learned that over time. It's like, if you look at the school system, if you look at like the government, like you look at all these different areas, like without you even realizing, like like on the surface, like, oh, like that, that's racist, like like redlining, you know, like when banks are like, no, this district's good and this one's not, like those are the actual systemic racial practices that we have. And so when a white person like benefits off of that without realizing that they're benefiting off of it, they're allowed to make me racist. I'm like, yeah, but you're partaking in a racist system not to shit on your therapist but like I was a- I was
0: ready to shit on my therapist and I was okay. given the benefit of the doubt one thing you can extrapolate from that is that it's so hard for people to realize when us as people of color are put into the oh we have to educate you now seat so often and it is exhausting
2: yeah we're like the gatekeepers of racial understanding and it's like uh, it's not my job my job is to like coexist for the sake of this being recorded you know working (laughs) working out here in like you know uh, the bay the bay area in particular it's like it's a constant that Uh, you know it's like you know what like i get spoken to in different languages on a constant basis right it's like thank god for masks this pandemic man because i'm just like (laughs) they don't know what (laughs) Your ethnicity is scrambled. It really is. It just like, oh shit! I don't have to like like they're looking for the, the the racial QR code on my body so they can scan it and label me. But like, it's just, it, it yeah, it, it's it, it's constantly that and looking for like help on like validating, you know, what they're doing. You know, that's like the level of wokeness that people have that that now it, it just bothers me. It's like, you know, at, at one point it's like I don't want to be the gatekeeper of your validation. I got enough things to worry about. I don't want to worry about whether or not you're. You feel secure in your decisions of towards racism in America. Right. You know that's that's your job. That's your homework. And you know we all get grades. So get an A. You know. <laughs> also Google. Google's a hell of a tool. Google. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Please go on YouTube. I mean, or maybe not YouTube anymore because YouTube's the reason why we have QAnon. <laughs> True.
0: <laughs> you can go buy books.
2: Yeah. There we go. <laughs> the There's There's a a whole
0: library. Yeah. Man.
1: I wanted to ask you guys this, and it's kind of going off of a racial QR code, Chris, but it and also kind of plays into the concept of white people inherently being racist. When, did, when you were growing up, did you ever have, like, I feel like this would more, like, definitely apply to you, Chris, but as a Black person, people are, they're like, cool, Black, white, like, that's easy. But then when you're either biracial or, uh, like, brown or, you know, just racially ambiguous, people are like, hmm, I don't know that one, I'm not really sure. And like, as a kid in high school, like I first started to notice it in middle school, but like really was like hyper aware to it in high school with a lot of my white friends in obsession with being able to categorize people. It's like, is that person, what is that person? Sammy, is he black? Like, I don't know. Is he like, what is it? Is he gay from like a psychology standpoint? Like the part of the brain that's trying to be able to like square peg, circle, peg, like what that is. But I think that that's where some of that stuff with racism comes from, because people like they know how to do that for me. They're like, "I right, we, we know you're black, but like <laughs> other people, they're like, mm, I don't know. And I think that obsession is part of the problem. I don't know how you combat that. I don't know how you like get people to stop trying to put people in a box, but the problematic thing for me, like, if they're like, because I don't know how to categorize you, I have to, like, get to know you and, like, figure out, oh, shit, you said you're Puerto Rican. Well, that's Mex- Mexican. Okay, cool. Tacos. <laughs> Good. I got it. But, like, for me, they're, like, black. And I'm just like, okay. like, And they're like, chicken. So, obviously, you know.
0: <laughs> but um, who doesn't like chicken?
1: Would have but voted for Obama.
0: ethnicity likes chicken.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, like honestly, I, even I, the vegans I, like chicken. <laughs> they just they just be having tofu chicken but everybody <laughs> likes chicken I, I will stand by that it,
2: to your point my entire life i've been categorized by other people in, in every social or, or professional environment i've ever been in it, it, you have to end, end up having to fight you know back from that right so it's like as soon as you walk into a place like let's say high school or something you're that you're that you're, you're that spanish kid right or, you know, to, to your white friends, you're their dark friend. It's never actually been a question with my black friends what I was. I'm Puerto Rican, right? Just, they just understood, right? But it, but it's always <laughs> been a thing with like, if going into a professional setting, what is this guy, what is he about? You know, like what, what can we label him? Like, you know, even working in the music industry, it's like, are you a metal guy or? Are you a hip hop guy or are we have a new Latin team? Are you going to be a part of the Latin team? It's just (laughs) like, you know, they always kind of want to put you in that thing. And you're constantly struggling for your own identity within that. And, you know, even to this day, it's like, you know, are you, are you, are cool with the Indian guys or are you that that 1% of Mexicans that, that work in uh, the tech industry. No matter where I am, I'm always doing that. I'm always fighting for to break away from someone else's label of what I actually am or who I am, right? And then you start having these like fucking identity crisis where it's like, okay, well, actually what the hell am I, you right. know? I, I know who I am and I like who I am, but if people are viewing me in a different way or they're labeling me in a certain way that I don't perceive myself, you know, what does that say about me? Am I projecting myself in a way that it's not, that? That's not conducive to the way i want to be perceived that thing is constantly in your brain you know and and you know to this day i'm 36 going on 36 years old and i still do that you know and you know breaking away from that is like a conscious effort back in the day like in my 20s you know it'd be like or even in my teens it'd be something that would kind of like you know build me down where it's like i need to make sure that these people understand what i'm about and who i am right and it was like a conscious effort to be forceful about that movement and now it's like it's there but i'm not going to make the effort for you to understand me you know you either you either are going to get me or you're not i can't be the gatekeeper for your for, for your labeling you know right. it's not, it's not right. my job you know right. it never leaves you so i you know you know my you know when you have a kid a lot of that changes right like you think you think about like everything that you've gone through, like, you know, with like, you know, racial ambiguity. Just so much of that happening across the board. It's like, you know, when you have a kid, it's like, I don't want her to know that, you know? I don't want her to know that feeling of insecurity. And I hope that, you know, my job is to kind of instill those lessons learned and so that she won't ever know that feeling. Or at least she'll be aware of it early on to understand like, this is, fuck this, you know?
0: Yeah, Uh, because you can be the best parent in the world, but you can't parent everybody's children. And some people out there are shitty parents. So there is going to be some questioning on, you know, what are you or what type of blank are you? You know, speaking to my own experience, growing up where I grew up, growing up in Brooklyn, there was a, a fairly, you could be black and be many things because New York is a melting pot. And, you know, there's Jamaicans, there's Haitians, there's, you know, whatever. So being from the Caribbean did not really affect me until I moved to Michigan. And in Michigan, there was only one kind of black, like you were black American. And, you know, I'd talk about, you know, stuff my grandmother would make to eat or I got embarrassed to like play Calypso music around other people because, you know, or Soca or whatever, because white people and American black people don't understand, you know, pre-internet didn't really understand, even reggae before like Sean Paul and, 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 you know, dance hall got popular in like the mid 90s like generic middle American black people didn't know what to do with fucking reggae music. But then like you get back and, and, and sort of grow up and, you know, I like some of the things culturally that I like and I speak a certain way or whatever. And then they're like, well, what kind of black person actually are you? And then, you know, you throw the sexuality on top of that and it, it fucks with your head because if you don't know any better, you're like, Am I an authentic anything? Like, what the fuck am I? I'm just like a straight up alien kind of walking around in space because I don't feel, and I still don't really feel connected to one particular like group of people. Like, I don't have that identification because it's like, you know, some people are like Mike's black. Some people understand that I'm West Indian. Some people understand that I'm Dominican, you know, and therefore I have a connection to the, you know, to the Latin community. You know, it, it's it's it is complicated. And I think by people trying to fit you in a slot in a specific slot, it com- it complicates yourself internally uh, a lot of times, and definitely kind of can cause identity identity crises.
2: I feel it. I mean, I think that you you are like like I think if me and Sammy ran at full speed and molded into one person, you are that is you, Mike. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. combination the combination of worlds, and you know that you 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 really do feel the same thing that I felt my whole life like that identity crisis I'm definitely not like a full-blown I'm definitely not like a heart like born from the commonwealth Puerto Rican like that's, that's just not who I am you know what I'm right. saying like I don't I don't feel that way but to everyone else I'm just a Mexican guy you know what I'm saying and it's like that 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 identity is so strange to me it's like you you have no idea how many times I've been walking into a professional environment it's like okay well we have this Spanish account and you know we want you to and I'm just like, well, I don't I don't want to work on that. You know, that's right. not what I'm here for. Well, you got to put me there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, And then you look at the people that are working there and they're like, you know, they, they realize that they don't have any Spanish people working there. They're like, oh, we got one. Put them in there. But why do people
1: it? don't have to have that?
2: Like, they you know,
1: Everything that we're describing, like if you're a child of immigrants, if you're a minority in any sense of the way, like in America and across the world, like... Y- you have to deal with that but white people no one's ever saying well what kind of white person are you you know like there's never a conversation about like oh are you like a southern white person or like if you're white you're it's like you're allowed to like metal and hip-hop and whatever right. but like chris it's kind of like you you have like how eclectic of like a music like taste you have and like it's like no no we, we got bad money coming out so like we, we you know we need you on that like that's <laughs> that's what's crazy like hey. No one does that for white people, and I think that like that's just like a privilege that white people don't white people don't realize they They have. have. It's sort of like you can be whatever the fuck you want to be, and it's like we can too, but like there's gonna be hell on that journey. Like if I'm a white kid and I'm like, I want to you know I want to be a rapper. People are like, you can't do that. Okay, I guess I guess they can. Oh shit, they're making more money than the black people.
2: Right. All right. So (laughs) right. (laughs) Imagine we did that. Imagine we were like. Oh, you know, we have this new this new department. It's you know classical mixes, you know, only played on the pan flutes. Uh, oh, let's go get uh, let's go get Johnny to be on that one because he's a white guy. <laughs> Just to, to, yeah. Wait, wait. But what about Dane? We gotta get Dane. Dane
0: <laughs> <in the> mix. <laughs> like oh, God.
1: I'm trying to think of white names. Yeah. Dane, is
0: that a name? I Feel like Dane's a, a white guy name. I mean, I any, anybody I mean, named Dane. Yeah, there's <laughs> Dane Cook, the comedian. That's the only Dane I can. Right, there Dane, we, go. we go. There we go. I mean, go. he is white there's one. But yeah, it's like, we're not allowed to be, multi- we're not allowed to contain multitudes, right? It's like, right. you know, if you're a gay guy, all straight people are like, oh, did you watch Drag Race last week? Like, I've never watched Drag Race a fucking day in my life.
2: Yeah, word. that's crazy. You know,
0: yeah. or it's like, oh, you know, if you're a, a, you know, a black person and you like a certain, like, and you like indie rock, or you like metal, or you like, or you like, cla- well, I don't classical or, you know, any non R&B or hip hop type of music. Oh, how'd you learn about that stuff? What do you know about that stuff? As a music writer, I'm constantly getting like, whatever the, I get white splained and I'm like, motherfucker, I know who smashing pumpkins is (laughs) like I grew up in the same time that you did. And I worked in a fucking record store. Like
2: (laughs) I know what all this shit is. I, I had that recently and it was something else. It was like, this, this guy was playing Tool, you know. And I was like, oh, Tool. The band is like, you know, great. And, you, know, you know, Maynard has wine. He makes wine. Did you know that? And dude was just like, you like Tool? You know about this man? It's like, do I live under a fucking rock? You know, <laughs> like, do I have like fucking, you know, suavemente tattoos on my <laughs> <laughs> Like, it, it, what the fuck, bro, you know? I mean, yeah, it helping. Like... It says Illmatic, so. <laughs> no, you're. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> the three of us in particular, because I don't know that many people know this, but I was in, like, a prog rock band in high school. Like, we were, like, knockoff dream Dream theater, like, John Petrucci, like, that kind of shit. Nice. I, I had a guitar solo on, like, when we oh, covered, God. like, Rush and shit <laughs> like that, like, so I don't know. Okay, it was high school, so you're not allowed to judge me for that shit. But, like, I listen to, like, everything from, obviously, Motown, my mom grew up on that, or pretty much raised me on that. But my dad, like, introduced me to every weird, like, rock thing that he listened to in, like, the 60s and 70s. Like, I listened to everything. Like, and obviously, like, when, when people are like, the Beatles, it's like, well, yeah, the Beatles. Like, but I don't know. It's just, it's cool to be just musically diverse and, like, have that. And so it's also weird in the same sense that like, you can be celebrated for like having a, uh, well, in our case, maybe not, but like, it's more acceptable to be be, like, okay, I have a diverse music taste, but then it's like, cool, apply that to a person. It's like, no, can't do that. (laughs) Like all black people
0: are this. We we came off Um, the same assembly line.
1: Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I don't understand like how that, how that works and how that
2: translates. I'm supposed to be teaching people how to dance salsa for the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) Going back to like the activism, Peace. it was really heartening I think at the beginning of all of this to see white people like showing up but I feel like you know six nine months later like it was like all of that and then the election happened and then all the white people were like shit's cool now peace out this happened this happened
2: back when before Barack Obama was president you know you know I, I thought I thought about like you know that time period of like when when Bush was president and people were fed up you know we were like I th- I think it was like KRS one who who said this, but in an interview he was like upset that Barack Obama became president. And and the reason why was he was like, you know, we were on the verge of a revolution. You know, we were on the verge of like like breaking breaking that mold, shattering that facade of like, you know, racial tension for yeah, and also rich and class tensions. Right. And then they put a black guy in, in, in office and everybody was like, Oh, cool. You know, that's great. Right. You know? Yeah, we we became post racial for about two weeks. Yeah and the same thing happened i think with this we had four years of this this monster in in, in office and tensions were high on the verge of a fucking revolution again people were marching people were fed up got we got you know biden in office and people are just chilling out now you know and it's like you know that momentum that we had you know that we gotta keep that same energy you know, you know, going for the next four years. I voted for the guy. You know, I wanted Biden in there because anything is better than better this. Than, right? Yeah. But we, we got to hold these people accountable. The same way we ha- we held you know him accountable. You know, like you know it, it. There have been some pretty good changes. Like you know the the things he put into law recently about. Well, I, there was yeah. a chokehold ban. A chokehold ban. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we, there's also the private pris- prison system that is a, a incredibly leaning towards the the incarceration of brown folk. And, and th- that's just a huge money maker that, that needs to be addressed. And I fear that we're not even going to touch that because right. like, because we're, we're good now. You know, we're like the same thing back when, when Bush was getting out of, pre- getting out of office and we got Barack Obama in office, we were like, Oh, dope. This is great. We can sit back now. Trump's out of office or Biden's in office.
0: Like, like we said earlier, we have to do the work because we don't have a choice to opt in or opt out of the work. So how it's it's really like it's white people who are kind of like cool 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 we don't have to think about this anymore let's go back to talking about the golden globes or the oscars or whatever it is that's been really disappointing i mean not not unexpected mind you but Mm -hmm. really disappointing because You know, it kind of goes back to, it's going to circle back to like us screaming into thin air and, you know, people being like, oh, well, y'all got your black president. Now it's like, oh, you got your black vice president. Like, you know, Trump's out of office. What do you need from us? And it's like, this benefits, first of all, this benefits y'all too. Secondly, y'all created this shit. Like we can't completely get ourselves out of a mess that you started.
2: Yeah.
1: But you know where I'm like, struggling with politics right now is like like trump supporters feel really oppressed right now oh yeah and they're just like oh my god like this is the the apocalypse like this is the end and like we felt that way eight years ago and so there is a part of me the the part of me that i'm trying to hold on to as best as i can that is still empathetic that's like okay because like i know what that feels like but where i'm struggling politically is that like one i i bet you if all those people that stormed the Capitol, if they, like, if they had healthcare, if they had, like, if they if they felt good about where they were, and I know that it wasn't just, like, you know, middle class and low class people, there was obviously a lot of, like, very rich people, like, yeah. coordinating and involved in a lot of that movement, but the general masses that were being controlled that, like, rallied and stormed the Capitol, like, if those people were good and comfortable with their lives, I bet they're not storming the Capitol. And so there is part of me that's kind of like, y'all stand to benefit from this too. Like, what are y'all like, what are y'all like? Cause it's my knee jerk is like, when they're like, we're oppressed. I'm like, fuck y'all, because you don't know anything about oppression. But to some extent, I'm like, maybe you, like the white poor people are being like, in a weird way, oppressed by like rich like Republicans that are like, oh, you know, we gotta, you know, they're the worst. The Democrats, they're terrible. And like, the, you know, Mexicans are gonna come take your job. And they're like, oh shit. And they have them like puppet mastered. And yeah. so, like, I think what MLK did really well is like, he just united like people. He was like, hey, like, we're all like one American people. And once like people that were like, okay, like, w- we're poor, whatever like white people and then like realizing like that there were some similarities in like the like oppression and things like that like all of a sudden mlk gets assassinated because they're like oh no <laughs> like we're not about to have we can't have that like Good. a revolution and shit and like i don't know like i i just think it's it's interesting but i wish we could find like with some of these people like find a common ground and like i think that's where i get so flustered in that like with race like that being such a divisive thing because it's like if we could actually just chill like on a human to human level maybe you'd realize oh like we have some similar interests things that we're like we agree on and things that we're like you know maybe we're like a ways apart on but like there's like some overlap here and i don't know i think that's where i just get so confused politically because i'm like i i don't know like i i I obviously voted for biden but like i'm looking at biden crazy too because i'm like Come on now student loans yeah what else yeah. <laughs> like, what, like you had time for syria you know but right. like i don't know i just and geez i want you to get rid of <laughs>
0: right <laughs> yeah that's it come on you said
1: <laughs> I, I saw it it's on tape. i think
0: i think poor white people a lot of poor white people poor white people that don't live in cities have been completely shystered by the government by rich white people and they just have this you know they're struggling financially and they're like I'm not getting the care I need I'm not getting the the I'm not getting the help I need if I'm a farmer or if I'm an agricultural worker or if I'm you know a coal miner or whatever so many jobs are being taken by are, are being made irrelevant by technology they're not being taught how to use new technology and I think what compounds it is that, white people are taught in America that they they're given shit like they're supposed to have shit and when they don't have shit they got to blame it on somebody so it's got to be the minority's fault it's got to be the gay people's fault it's got to be the women's fault you know it's got to be the fucking trans people's fault because it's like oh where's my white picket fence and my two cars and my, you know, dog and, and, and whatever, because I can't, you know, I can't do custodial work or any kind of like physical work anymore because a computer or a robot or a drone can do this or corporations, which are equally to blame are like, well, I'll just hire somebody who not only isn't going to ask me any questions or require any benefits or anything like that, but also has like an ingrown work ethic That immediately means they're going to work three times harder than if you put some random white person, you know, who thinks that they're old shit, you know, into into a similar job. And I, I think what it is is that these people are just not like they're not realizing it. They're not put in a situation where they can gather more information and think critically and learn that they're getting fucked over the same way everybody else is getting fucked over.
2: Yeah, man. It's like the GOP mixture for ma- manipulation, right? They play on this idea that, you know, the American dream is attainable for all, right? And they prey on a lot of these conservative, you know, supporters who are like less wealthy than them, that, you know, oh, free government's not going to be in your way. And we have Christian values, you know, we want to preserve your way of life. And, and they hit them over the head with all these like, things that really just hit their id you know and like re- knee-jerk reactions to their emotions of how they feel based off of like subtle racism religion whatever it is right but they they feed that and what they do in return is nothing for them right but because they That's keep spe- yeah they, they keep speaking their narrative so as long as they keep speaking that narrative to them they're going to keep voting conservative you know you have like oh i w- don't will never take your gun rights away we're never going to take your religion away from you. We're never going to blah, 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 blah. Less government in your in your thing. You have the ability to fruition. You can grow your own business. No you know, government regulations on you. But you're also not going to get any of these benefits that we're going to be giving you either. And when you're poor or sick and you can't have health care, hey, you still have the choice of freedom and you can do that. And they play on that, you know, and they keep voting these people in. You know, I remember I had gotten to an argument with this guy and this is when I shut off all political discourse on Facebook. This guy lives in West Virginia and he, he he's you know bouncing around from couch to couch, right? And he he's homeless, basically. He's just like homeless guy, doesn't have a job, but he's like a hardcore conservative. So like he was like, you know, he was so pro-Trump. And I'm like, what what have you gotten? Yeah, this? what did this dude do for you? What did, what did, what do you get? You know? And it's just like I get the freedom to choose. I'm like, you can do that too and also get like, you know, some assistance from the government to get back on your feet so that you can get your life together, you know, like, you could do that too, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, Democrats want to take away my guns. No, we fucking don't. (laughs) We just don't, we don't, like, like, that narrative is so stupid. I know more democrats that have guns than any other than any republicans that i know and it's just <laughs> yeah. like we, we just don't want to walk around with ar 15 shooting,
0: right. right. shooting up schools and churches exactly. and shit i don't know
1: though the founding fathers like to play devil's advocate the founding fathers did say the right to bear arms and i think they included you
0: know, yeah. how am
2: i going to feed my family without assault rifle yeah. you know I, it's funny when uh, they PowerPoint. were talking about right to bear arms they were talking about a fucking
0: musket musket uh, nobody <laughs> moved nobody moved right this is going to take me some time. It, like, and when you say that, I feel like like Allen Iverson saying practice over and over. Like musket, not a gun, a musket. A musket. <laughs> we are talking about muskets? We're talking about muskets. About muskets. <laughs> it, it's insane. And people don't understand nuance where it's like, no, people are not trying to. Gun regulation Yeah, does not mean we are taking away your guns. Police See. reform doesn't mean that we're going to take away the police. Reform, I forget what the word I used in terms of, for guns was, you know, that, that stuff doesn't mean like it's gonna be gone. If yeah. I tell you that I'm gonna reform something, it doesn't mean that it's not going to exist anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, it, people are inundated with these messages and, and they don't take time to like, understand what the messages actually say. And it's so obvious if you just think for a minute, for a second. You know, gun control.
2: That's that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Right. Having people set aside emotions to think for one second. Right. And
0: think logically. Control and banning are two different fucking things. I also
1: think that the Democrats, like in general, and this is like marketing hat on, have bad branding. Oh, Um, totally. Because, like, Like, Trump rolled out some merch. He was like, I got y'all some red hats. Make America great again. And people were like, actually, fuck yeah. America, we got to be great again. Like, he got them rallied. I don't even know what Biden and Kamala's, like, slogan was. Like, hey, (laughs) got to get this motherfucker out. Is that the slogan? Like, I don't don't even know what their shit was. And, like, I think that that's, like, the messed up thing. Is that, like.
0: And that's an interesting thing to bring up. It's, you got me. I got remember me. that there was this. Might be before both of your times, but it's like the stupid. No, this was y'all were both alive. This was the cult with the fucking Adidas, the tennis shoes, the or Reeboks. I don't remember what it was, but there was a cult. I think it was called Heaven's Gate, and they all oh, wore yeah. like a uniform, and they had like Adidas oh. sneakers, and they all like drank some shit and died, and they all had these like, I mean, the sneakers were dope. I wouldn't have joined the cult and died for it, but <laughs> nevertheless, they were dope ass kicks, and. <laughs> And that's right, right? And that's the way it's yeah, yeah, they were like the mass suicide 57s or some shit like that. I that probably a tasteless joke. But what I'm saying (laughs) is like that's the way cult leaders operate. And the way that Republicans are acting openly now is they're acting like cult leaders. Like they are saying shit that makes literally no logical sense. And the people that are invested in them are like, oh, this is great, totally Jewish space lasers you know, it's crazy how people will buy into that shit. Illuminati, all all that craziness. Like, it's like, use your mind. Like, you know, think about it. Like, think critically.
2: It, the hardest part is that, getting started with that. And, you know, you got these, like, these, this documentation now online that, you know, validates these people's insecurities. People are insecure about, you know, celebrities being, you know, looking good. So they must be drinking blood of children. And you go on YouTube and there's a fucking video with fake information that's showing that they do that, right? But
0: where, where did it even come up in science that drinking children's blood makes you look good?
2: <laughs> I haven't seen the
1: YouTube video, but <laughs> I'll let y'all know after this. Like... <laughs>
0: so, I'm gonna send you that link. <laughs> this is what you gotta do to get the premium children's blood. <laughs>
2: That, that premium children's. Hey, this blood. is the dope that shit Amazon, right here. Is that on Amazon Prime? <laughs> you no, know, it, it, it's funny. Going going back to the branding thing that we were just talking about, Sammy, you're right, man. Like like, you know, Republicans just know how to brand their shit. They they brand their they're crazy. It's like the and Democrats have this like unrelenting need to pander, right? I, I remember when when uh, when uh, they were standing in in uh, unity, you know, with BLM, and like. You had Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and these people come out wearing like African tribal. Yeah, like, they had
0: like the not the Sheikis, but the the. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, look at this, look at this cosplay
2: coming to America, bullshit. That shit was so crazy. How they came out with the outfits? I'm sorry, that shit was so crazy, and they they stood like for, like. An hour photo
1: shoot with that shit. They were proud of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. They really thought like, oh, shit, wait till they see me in this (laughs) state. I'm
0: surprised they didn't all come out like,
1: to be honest, like there is no record for me on this, but I do feel like if there was, I flip flop on this a ton. So I'm curious, you guys, this is perspective, but even defund the police because like Obama took a lot of shit for that because he was like, you know, we can't say stuff like that because it's polarizing. And there's a big part of me that's like, you know what, I actually don't really care what people think, like, uh, Obama, (laughs) Obama, you can shut up, (laughs) this is what happens. But part of me is kind of like, it's really not about the message, you know, because people like, people get so mad about like, how you present the package. And it's like, well, we did try to present it this way, though. So now we're saying this, and then you're like, oh, but that's too polarizing. So some of me does get like, really fired up about that. But on the other hand, though, like, we are trying to cater to moderate white people and just like moderate America, like, you know, beyond just white people. And in, in the middle, it's kind of like when you say defund, it's like defund as in now we don't have police anymore. And people are like, oh, well, we can't just not have, who's gonna take care of, What who are you gonna call when, when shit goes down? And so it's like, I just feel like, <laughs> I don't know, like the only good branding thing, and it doesn't come out of the democratic party necessarily, but like when you say black lives matter, that became polarizing. It, was, it wasn't was like black lives are better than everybody else. Y'all ain't shit. It was like black lives matter. And people were like, okay, well, first of all, all lives matter. Second of all, blue lives matter. Just in case. You know, is, and I'm just
2: like, okay, you know. Are we talking about blue man group? Because we're talking about my, the Smurfs. The Smurfs. Smurfs. It's the, the Smurfs. Like Smurf. Because that's a fucking job. You can get fired from a right. fucking job. Right. Being right. a cop is a job. Right. Then well, you like workers aren't mean. going around being like green lives matter. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Bullshit. Right. Fuck that.
0: Right. It's like but it's just like...
2: a argument against having the statement black lives matter. So it's right. racist. Yeah. Right. And that's what makes it
1: racist because I feel like you can say black lives matter and also feel that police can like you know, like you don't want a police officer to get shot and killed like in the line of duty. Well, I just said like I don't want someone to kneel on my neck for eight minutes and 16 seconds. And it's like hmm you know layla lo- like, and um, i just don't understand that it's like Fox. but also i thought all lives matter so why where are you at with the blue lives matter, lives matter. like I, why we need that if all lives matter like
0: and it's funny y'all because to say that by saying blue lives matter instead of all lives matter they prove our point <laughs> it's like like how stupid can you be
1: we did it we did a good job i think from a branding like i don't know again it shouldn't have to be about branding right. when we're literally talking about people's livelihoods yeah. generally speaking the democratic party the left like whatever whatever you want to call it just not good i mean i think hillary was stronger together that's the only one i can kind of
0: i think the majority of black people voted for hillary i think hillary where hillary lost the election is with the far left white people Mm -hmm. who were like yo i'm fucking with bernie and you know there was an element of a, there was an element of we want somebody in the in office who is not a Bush or a Clinton. Yeah, there was an element of Hillary is way too moderate for us. There was the sense that Hillary just had like a bunch of baggage, and there was misogyny on top of all of that. I think if if it could have gone like a slight head tilt to the left, and that should have been a landslide for her.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe Hillary Clinton. Lost to Donald Trump. To Donald
0: Trump. I just like that, that to me still is like, but again, it's that whole, it's that cult leader mentality. It's you take all of these disenfranchised people and tell them that the reason that they're disenfranchised is because of this, this, and the other thing. And then you tell them that we're going to roll things back to a time when they thought things were better, but things were worse for everybody except them.
2: Everyone gets a musket by (laughs) law
0: (laughs) or even if he's talking about like the 50s and 60s there were no assault rifles in the 60s no but there was
2: segregation so yeah so that's that's what they like
0: right Um, i mean some of it does have to do with charisma and marketing but i mean some of it is really just as simple as telling people what they want to hear and not having to follow up your work you know what i'm saying like, it's like, yo, I know all this, I know all this, I'm going to get an A on the test, and then you don't take... And then you take the fucking test and you fail. Like, he got he got elected on promises, and he didn't keep a fucking one of them. And the weirdness of it is that a lot of those people are still, like, riding with him.
1: Yeah. The wall, for the record, is not complete. I think they got, like, a quarter of it done, maybe.
0: That much? I don't, yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: like, so... But... Something I've been asking a lot of my white friends too, I guess to me, like the question that just keeps rattling around my brain is like, at what point does humanity like transcend race? You know, and and what I mean by that is like, if I if someone's on the street bleeding out, do you just keep walking or do you go, oh shit? And, and white people, sometimes like it's so hard for them to like separate like humanity and race, especially around a lot of these issues. There are some white people that like, blew me up and were like oh like can we help you with this can we do this like what do you need and then there was other people that like didn't even reach out to me at all and they were like well but I didn't you know I had some black people tell me like that they wanted to be left alone so I thought that that applied to all black people across the board and it's like again when does that transcend like humanity like as a person right when do you just say people see people
0: as individuals as opposed to just putting them in these in buckets
1: yeah like that's that's where I'm struggling because again, all a lot of these people that are pro-Trump, they're disenfranchised as well. And like I feel like I can kind of even if I may not agree with them politically, I can kind of feel empathy to them and be like, oh shit, like y'all,
0: like y'all don't have it good either. Like, right. Well, see, and, you just use the magic word empathy. We have it; they don't. <laughs> like, yeah, right about that.
2: <clears throat> I mean, let's be let's be real. I mean. It, Trump's entire campaign was based off of hate, right? Yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. every 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 everything that he stood for, you know, division at the border, you know, Muslim bans, you know, the tax initiative that he had, mm-hmm. which, which and all the way it, down to the end with the China virus. Mm-hmm. Everything that he did was racist. So anybody who votes for him cannot tell me that they're not racist. That's it. There's there's no there's there's I, I don't care how you spin it. Oh, I like the fact that he was pro-jobs. He didn't bring more jobs to this country.
0: The the there's only president
2: I, ever to yeah. end his tenure with yeah, negative, negative jobs. Yeah. So, so I never want to, I don't want to hear that and that there, there's no way to spin that. You voted for Trump because he, he pleased your, your racism and that's it. He was like, oh yeah, fuck those Mexicans. Let's get them out of here. Oh yeah. Get those Muslims out of here. They're all terrorists. You know, like that was, that was his, that was his shit. And, you know, it's funny because I know some people who do and some of them are,
0: and two of them are people of color. I have family members that support Donald Trump.
2: Yeah, and, and when I ask them, I'm like, you, know, you, you are supporting a racist agenda, right? And their response forever is, I just like the fact that he goes against the media. So your entire like, motivations to put the most powerful person in office, to run our country, is based purely on their ability to shit on the media. what does that do for any of us that does nothing for us that motivation is actually what won him a good amount of of, uh, people of color voting for him like he speaks his mind he speaks his mind like oh i like a guy who speaks his mind he doesn't give a fuck oh donald trump doesn't give a fuck i love that shit you know it's like he also doesn't do shit for you either and 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 the things that he is doing are are inherently fucking you up in the long run I'm like, okay, I, so you're mad about
1: this? You're mad about this establishment? Okay, because Biden's establishment Democrat. Okay, um,
0: space lasers, bro? I'm really trying.
2: Lady, what's her name?
0: Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene or whatever. Oh, man.
1: She holds office.
0: She holds office. Somebody elected her, although I didn't realize until recently that she ran unopposed, which is probably why she's in office.
2: The guy who was running against her was afraid of losing, so dropped out the race. Because <laughs> She got money from like, these like, ghost gop members and her like ad campaigns were like crazy where she was like saying like she was sh- having videos of her like shooting like down places and like like no one's gonna take my right <laughs> from my guns and all this like crazy stuff and she ran on a very anti-muslim campaign where she was like they're taking over our government and this and that and ilhan omar was like castrizing her in, you know was villainized in, in her in her ads and it was just like it was crazy like she- and they were like yeah. I love that. She's not gonna do anything for us, but she hates Muslims and she likes guns. Right. Let's vote for that. That's enough for
0: me. That's crazy, that mentality. That's fucking insane.
2: Also just
1: the lack of facts, like because, and I think that that's where, I wish I was like a a DNC strategist because I got receipts for days. I'll be like, (laughs) oh, y'all said that? Okay. Guess i running ads against them because like, even like, I don't have stats handy for like, you know, muslim like stuff because i don't know how many people are it like i think there's like three like in congress period i don't there might be more than that but like when they're when they're like saying the mexicans are going to take your jobs or the mexican they're illegal they're illegal like do you realize that the majority of like illegal immigrants in the u.s like come from like visa overstay yeah they're fucking european i just i'm not leaving so (laughs) that's that and i live here now and and like But all you have to do is be like, but the Mexicans. And they're like, yeah, yeah, the Mexicans got to get them out because they came over the border. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but but they flew on a plane and they're posted up right next door to you. Like, taking your, like, that's where I'd be running all kinds of ad campaigns, punishing, brutal campaigns, telling y'all, here are the facts. But go ahead and believe what y'all want to believe about the space lasers. That's fine.
2: (laughs) Space lasers. Wow. You you know, it's funny. I, 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 when, when I remember that tipping point when Trump had that that speech about the mexicans coming over the border and there was already tensions like in texas about that and there there always has been but when he like full-blown was like they're bringing their they're not bringing their best they're bringing drugs they're bringing rapists you know and and he laid out all of the insecurities that 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 you know people had about immigration from from and and you know he like validated it right there this is exactly what's happening at that moment, he won everyone who had that who had that preconceived idea yeah, of that. Right. He won all of them, and they were like voting for this guy no matter what. You know, it's like I've been saying this for a hundred years. We had this black president in, in, in office before. Who did more uh, than who deported more people? I think than than uh, Trump did. Actually, yeah, throwing that out there. Right. Um, but because he spoke about it and he, you know, was saying that like, oh, this is bad. They were like, going to vote for this guy forever. And now he's just built his, he built everything on that. Like racism here, racism there, elitism here, elitism here. And now it's just a cult.
0: Right. And can I say that not to make a very obvious point, but all of that ties into him being just a shitty example of a man. Like treats, you know, treats people not like him badly, treats women badly has this very aggressively caveman attitude just in general, you know, has no class, no sensitivity, no, you know, no sense of of feelings. Or just like you know, if you looked up "toxically masculine" dictionary, it would be a picture of Donald fucking Trump. Yeah, you know, and there's still men and women who believe in that mentality. I think one of the big topics not discussed in this whole uh, conversation about race relations and the 2016 election is the part that white women played in all of this. But it's like all of that ties into this narrative of the patriarchy and, you know, men not being able to admit, not, you know, being sensitive, always having to be like tough. And, you know, like he, his campaign was really predicated on him being a badass dude. Like, I'm gonna fucking, you know, crush all of this shit. And, you know, even like when, when the motherfucker got COVID, they drove that motherfucker out in a car, you know, paraded him around the hospital parking lot with his poor unlucky security guards, who I hope none of them got sick. Yeah. yeah. I think and everybody that
1: was in contact
0: with him. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that, that comes from, Conditioned shitty behavior that we're taught to respect and appreciate in men.
2: Yes, you 100% nailed it. And I also think that that's why uh, a good amount of like Latin males supported Donald Trump. They even, because it's the mm-hmm. whole
0: machismo thing.
2: They're like, oh, he's, he's a tough guy. He's this, he's that. It's mm-hmm. like, you, you suck.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I have a relative who's a Trump supporter, and he's like, his first thing was like, well, I don't like Black people and Puerto Ricans. I was like, nigga, you came here on a plane in 1971. You are an immigrant. He wants oh, to get no. ready.
2: <laughs> yes. No, he likes me, though. <laughs> no. <cool.
0: laughs> he's, he's not going to pull you out of all the other immigrants who are darker than cardboard and be like, oh, you can stay. <laughs> now you're good. You're so, fine. And, and <laughs> Wear you that got, red hat. That's a pass. <laughs> you got you got a red hat on, but you got dredges under it? OK, you a double, nigga, then. You know? Like, what? where does it make sense? Going back to our initial discussion, I wonder if it's just going to like repeat itself and something else is going to happen that takes the news and there's going to be another Blackout Tuesday and, you know. Blackout Wednesday. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, it'll be a different day. It'll be Blackout (laughs) Thursday or Friday. And all of these, you know, white folks will get rewoke and there'll be some version of the Black Square And there'll be more, more marches and more diversity sessions and trainings. And it's just going to like cycle itself out. And I mean, I I would, A, I would hate for more tragedy to happen to one of us, but at the same time, it's like, what do people need to, what do we need to shake into people's heads to make them like understand and like learn?
2: Overabundance of just in your face awareness is like the only thing that we, can do right it's like before it was like having the ability to just like sweep it under the rug for the last 20 30 40 50 100 years but now having the ability to just be overtly in your face about it right you can no longer leave this situation it it, it's going to be everywhere you turn so you're going to be constantly aware of it so it's going to cause two things that are going to be incredibly polarizing or it's going to be just Learned behavior where society is just like okay well here's another day of me being very understanding you know <laughs> or I, I just don't know what the answer is but it's not going to happen in the next 10 years i'll take that much this is something that i think is going to go on for for forever as long as we have people in the midwest or people who inherently are going to be teaching their kids that racism is rooted in their everyday life it's never going to change and you know that's just such a shitty reality it's a shitty
1: reality but i also think like they're saying that white people are going to be the minority in like 2045 i think in the workforce it's sooner and i hope i'm not in the workforce then for white people's sake because i'm gonna be like well why don't you just pick yourself up by your bootstraps (laughs) like stop letting race dictate your life i don't know it's it's sad that like our whole literally globally like everything is built off of race maybe it doesn't happen in our lifetimes but like you know our kids lifetimes like grandkids lifetimes i want them to be able to be in a place where it's like you're just you know again not to be like cliche but like judged off your character off of like who you are as a person you know and and i i wish that that was like i have that experience with my black and brown friends and like my really good like ally white friends where i can just be me but you know i i I wish that for like I wish white people could have that same perspective, like across the board, you know, it's like, <laughs> otherwise it's just like really shitty and depressing, you know?
2: Yeah. Why, why, why do you always have to have the chip on the shoulder thing? You know, it's like, Oh God. It's, like, <laughs> what, what, what's, it's
0: just like, I just don't get it. Like I just I never showed you this, Chris, uh, a message that I got from someone that someone that we are, are, you know, someone that we know who at, at some point, like towards the end of last year emailed me on Instagram and was like, the rhetoric on your social media pages makes it really hard to be an ally. I I was like, am I supposed to like hold your hand and make out with you and be like, oh, you know, you're part of this racist power structure and it's really hard to be a black person and have to go through this on a regular basis. Like, no motherfucking, I'm I'm angry. And even within that anger, I try to still be articulate and you know, not just like word vomit all over everything. And I think yeah. sometimes even that makes it worse because it, it's not, you know, Mike can be on a rant, but if Mike is saying very articulate things, very pointed things that make people think like it sort of makes them, makes them feel even worse. Yeah.
2: yeah. There's no defense. I
1: don't know. I feel like that's where what I was going to say is that I feel like that's where I feel like you can be better than me because like you still somehow have grace to be able to try to be patient with these people, to be like, no, dude, like this, like I don't have I don't owe you shit, i don't have to tell you shit, like I'm not trying to cater to you. Like I'm I've lost that this past year. <laughs> like it's all gone. And I'm really I don't know. Like empathy is like a big part of like my identity. So when I'm losing that in certain scenarios, I'm like, uh oh. But then I, I you know, obviously I don't want to become a angry black man because right. That's not good for
2: anybody. I've lost that too. Fuck, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Have you read a book? Have you read a book? (laughs) (laughs) I know you posted that black square, but I mean. (laughs) and Some people it's worth having the conversation with because they get it. But I think more people don't get it. They don't understand what it's like to be discriminated against as a matter of course, as something that just automatically happens when you wake up in the morning, like, you know, something's going to happen that's going to be directed at you on account of your race. That's going to suck. Yeah. Like you wake up every fucking morning with that shit and people, there are so many people out there who just can't grasp that concept.
2: When I walk into my complex, I, I live in, I live in a pretty nice complex. Right. But when, every time I walk into it, I automatically think like, I have to make sure I have my, my fob key out. I have to make sure that people understand that I live here. And like I, I I and I, you know I've never experienced any actual racism ever here, right? Like in my immediate complex. But I I feel the need to to show that, you know, because I know that any minute now there could be someone that be that says something on the lines of like, hey, do you live here? You know, and I'm gonna fucking lose it because I'm not gonna be able to handle that because I, you know, I worked for this shit, you know. So fuck off, right? And I'm not gonna be able to be, you know diplomatic about my response and that's just the way society built me and that shit sucks (laughs) people don't feel that you know they leave their house with their running shoes on they go for a nice light jog and the world is their oyster (laughs)
0: yeah It, it really like freaks me out that people don't don't get it i was something i was doing the other day i did a i was a guest lecturing at berkeley and i was like the simple fact that like i go into a store and no matter what store I go into, I feel like somebody's watching me. And from managing a store and working in a store, like I always have to look out the security guard and like give them a little nod or whatever. Cause I know that somebody in the camera room somewhere is looking at my ass, or the security guard himself is like following me around. And that's if you are white, unless you roll with black and brown folks on a regular, you're not going to experience that. You Yo, can, I help you? can I help you? Means two different things to white people and, and black and- people. <laughs> yeah. And black and brown people. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, can I help you? It's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm looking at you and can I help you to a white person who's like, Oh, let me pick out the finest like linens right. that you can possibly have for your right. right.
0: For, for white people. It's like, can I assist you in your shopping experience for black and brown people is can I help you get out of here as quickly as fucking possible? Yeah. We close in like four hours, <laughs> four hours. <laughs> Better shop quick. We close in eight hours and 58 minutes.
2: <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man, those days.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. What What can we close on?
2: Let's close on on love.
0: I want to thank Sammy and Chris for taking the time out of their schedules to have this conversation. It's hopefully the start or the first of many conversations about a variety of topics. If you like this format and you want to hear more conversations specifically about race, or about other topics that we've covered on this podcast, please let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, drop me an email, send a telegram, whatever you need to do. But if you enjoyed this episode, or you can leave a comment on the episode itself uh, via whatever platform you're using to listen. But definitely want to do more of these in the future. Would love to do more of them with Sammy and Chris. Would love to do more of them with other people. So if you like it, let me know. You can find Chris on Instagram at concatdistinct, C-O-N-C-A-T-D-I-S-T-I-N-C-T. And you can find Sammy on Instagram at breakfastinbedmedia. That is the name of his media company with some great artists that he's got signed. So uh, once again, thank you, Sammy and Chris, for uh, taking the time to do this. And uh, in light of the Derek Chauvin guilty verdict, I've got... A lot of things that I want to say, but my emotions are kind of a mess right now. So I just want to tell folks this is the type of conversation that, you know, it would be a good idea for everybody to be having. We need to be open and honest about discussing the things that happen to people like us or not like us in this country and in this world. And uh, we need to put our empathetic shoes on and really listen to what people have to say about their experience that is the only way that we grow and uh you know kudos to everyone who is trying to make the world better uh this verdict is not justice it is accountability something that us as black people have certainly not had a lot of particularly when it comes to situations involving law enforcement So hopefully this is a step forward, and although on a much smaller scale, hopefully conversations like this are a step forward. Thank you for listening. Detoxicity is hosted and produced by me, Mike Joseph. The music was composed by Calvin Williams, and the logo was designed by Jacob Block. A special thanks to Andrew Grossman and Jeff Giles for the inspiration. Comments, suggestions, ratings, and any form of feedback is always greatly appreciated. Again, I can be found on Instagram at DetoxPodGuy and on Twitter at TizMikeJoseph. You can drop me a line old school style at detoxpod at gmail.com. Old school style, we're talking about email as opposed to actual snail mail. So, see how far we've come, folks. <laughs> I thank you for listening and I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety. Y'all take care. Peace.